a super important podcast about hair. Question mark. Featuring Ryan Teal and Stephen Adams as your co-hosts. Let's begin. Ryan Teal, what's up? Have you ever heard the uh, podcast, um, Your Favorite Band Sucks? Yes, you sent me all their stuff. That's the greatest fucking like podcast I've ever listened to in my entire life. I love it. I've been like listening to it so much. Have you heard? Have you heard the Slayer one yet? No, I haven't got that far. I, so I like Slayer, and I'm like, "Yep, you're right. Slayer's derivative." <laughs> yeah, I, I was listening to the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and that's all the farther I got. And I was going to keep going from there. Well, they, they they had like the great line about like how how Tool is like a juggalo for frat boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pretty much. And I'm listening to Queen right now. Oh, God. And then I sent it to DJ, and, and DJ's like, they hate everybody. I'm like, yeah, that's what I love about it. Oh, yeah. This is this is your podcast. Oh, completely. <laughs> it's like, let's it's just work pod- on as many people as we possibly can. <laughs> it's a podcast for trolls. The, funny, the funniest thing about it that I really, really dig is in one podcast, they'll be saying how great another band is. And then all of a sudden they'll just rip them a total asshole. The next one is like, oh fuck! Hey, there's there he is. Hey. Hey, what's up, man? There you are. Hey. Can you see us? Uh, I think it's about to pop on. Okay, cool. We were just talking about uh, like my new favorite podcast, which is called Your Favorite Band Sucks. That's <laughs> funny, and, and it's it's fucking hilarious, and and uh, we were just talking about how like every band that I like they rip on. Uh, looks like uh, you went. Back. They rip they... on everybody. It's amazing. Yeah. You there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. It's still just saying waiting. Oh, okay, we can wait a couple seconds. What? Because we aren't even really like. I mean, we're recording, but like it's pretty much all of our all of our intros look really stupid, and like, we just kind of roll into it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> cool. into it. It's more of like it's not even a graceful fall. No. <laughs> Let me see if I can go in a different part of my I have literally fallen in love with these. Oh god, those things oh yeah. Wes, are you a white claw drinker? Do what? You drink white claws? Um, I have never tried one. You gotta embrace your inner white girl. I know, I heard there's no like, no like, laws with the claws. Do you remember Zima? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's basically Zima all over again. Yeah, which is cool. But all the uh, in Minneapolis, all the local breweries are now making them. Oh, really? Yeah, they're all making their own variations, which are pretty awesome. Yes, yeah, all Corona had one now. And truly, truly, yeah. When we were uh, doing hair at Lollapalooza, they had a company that had them for us. Like it was called Monaco or something. Oh, really? That's right. You were you were just in. Uh, did you you guys were doing hair and stuff at Lollapalooza, weren't you? Yeah, we did uh, the new bedhead campaign for 2020, and then Lollapalooza, and then went from there to New York to go do the color summit. <laughs> there we go. Can you see us? Yeah, I think my internet's just a little messed up. That's right. Yeah. The internet is hard, but it works. Well, welcome to a super important podcast. It's nice uh, to have you here. 
I don't think we've ever actually ever officially met. I'm Steven. Nice to meet you, you us. You too. I'm like right. we've chatted and stuff, but we've never actually physically met either, right? Bring it. Yeah. Take your hand. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's a birthday. <laughs> yeah. so, by yeah, the way, we were going to surprise you on this podcast because we were actually going to have Jen Plank uh, be a co-co-host, and and she was going <laughs> to jump on and do that. But she's that going somewhere funny. with Lacey, so she can't do that. But she did say to uh, to tell you congratulations on just not getting on uh, engaged and and all that. So I wanted to tell you well. I'm sorry for getting engaged. It, it, you know, you can get out of it now if you want. But I know this. My mom's a divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Good. That's always good to have in your back pocket. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we start with? Uh, you know, I don't really know much about you. I mean, I know that you know my buddy Roy J and you have talked in the past, and and you know, let's just you know, I like to just hear you know people's stories. So why don't you just like tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to essentially where you're at right now. Man, it's actually been a, it's actually been a really crazy story. So, I basically got I got in the hair because it was kind of just accidental. Um, I was in college actually, and nobody. I always tell the story, but it's only a few people know this. I'm gonna become a pro tennis player, and I was going to never get bored. I'm gonna quit. And one day we had a match um, back home, and I called my mom, and I was like, "Man, I was like, I'm just not feeling this. I don't, I don't want to do. Uh, I don't want to play tennis anymore." And I walked in to talk to all my teachers. I dropped all my classes that day. Walked out of school. She was like, "What are you gonna do?" I was like, "I have no idea." I was like, "I have no idea what I'm gonna do." And that night I went to dinner with a bunch of hairdressers, and they convinced me to go to hair school. So. I was like, all right, I went and talked to the school that was by my house. It was like, it's out in the hood in Houston. And I absolutely hated it. So I went to school for a year and I dropped out of school and I started working retail for like the next like six months. From there, I, I had somebody come into my store that um, worked at another school and I took a tour of it. And when I went there, I kind of saw the energy of what real hairdressing looked like. Yeah. So... I started school completely over. I didn't transfer any of my hours. Um, I wanted to learn their entire method of how they did everything. So I started school completely over and I worked for the owners for like a year and a half. And at a year and a half, I quit. And then I started my own journey and I went on my own. And I was able to fund, because back then there was no Instagram. There is Facebook. So the way I was building my clientele was through, I took a job club promoting. Mm -hmm. and I was bringing people in from the club to come and see me. And I was single-handedly messaging people, anyone that I had some sort of mutual friendship with, telling them I was a hairdresser and I was trying to build my clientele. And from there, um, I don't know, about two years into that, I quit and I moved to West Hollywood. Okay. And I met this dude out there, uh, Cantrell Mitchell Hair. Yeah, um, yeah. He was actually my roommate. So we became roommates when I moved out there. I'd never met him. And that's, I made like a best friend through him and uh, Carlos Ramos to a sugar school. So, and that's when Instagram popped off. So they started inspiring me to get into Instagram. So I started posting all my stuff on there. We were just being silly, like post some pictures of us going out and 
putting like obnoxious filters on there, just being stupid. And then I moved back home and then my Instagram at that point started growing. And what was happening was I was working for this one salon in Houston when I moved back. Um, They didn't believe in social media or anything like that. So I just kind of kept posting my things, doing whatever. And then when I got to my two year mark there, I asked them, I was like, hey, I was like, I want to create my own business. Do you guys want to help me or should I leave? And he was like, well, he's like, I'm not going to help you open a salon. So I was like, all right. I was like, well, I'm going to leave. So I left and opened up my own salon with my cousin for three years. Um, During that three-year stint, when I got into education, I didn't know how it was going to work. Okay. And it's crazy because we, we started it because I had very little formal training with education. And I kind of had to learn as I went. But we all started because me and um, if you ever talk to uh, Don, who runs Nothing But Pixies and Fitness and all that stuff, we put a a flyer out and we're like, hey, we want to host, we want to do a class. We got picked up from a class, um, a salon in Boston. I told my ex-wife at the time, I was like, hey, I don't know where this is going to go. This could be my one and only class. It might fail. I may never do another one or... I could be on a road of education and it just after that one class it set in motion like a spiral effect of class after class and we did these for like a year all by ourselves all these independent classes and that's when I got picked up by Pulp Riot. Um, I feel like when I started with Pulp Riot is when I started to kind of hone in on my teaching um, because they were putting me on stage so much that I was able to kind of get over my fears of being in front of an audience and then um, from there, that's when I got also picked up by Brazilian professionals and I was working with Beep 3 And then I had quit both of those companies to now I work with TG. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. And I noticed that TG is really making a huge comeback right now, too. They're really making a big push. And I know that, like, uh, I think – uh, I heard that like Anthony Mascolo is even like getting a little bit involved. I don't know how much, but I know that you know he's coming out of retirement or whatever it is, and I think that's super cool. Yeah, he is. He's been stepping up. Um, it's it's been insane, like getting to hang out and meet Anthony and his family. Like, I feel like he's such a legend in the industry, and like getting oh, yeah. to work. My first time on stage with TG, I got to be on stage with him, and I was kind of blown away because they're such a tight knit family. Let people in, so it's weird coming from um at, on this other side that's part of this whole Instagram influencing thing, right? And they really accepted me with open arms, which was I thought it insane, but very humbling. And I feel like they've stepped up my my career a whole lot over this last year from their trainings. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, Steve, I know that you have a, like like a, a good friendship with that uh, uh, Don as well. Yeah. And that's, that's super cool that I think that, that um, you actually went right, almost right from, from like, you like just jumped right in almost to like independent education, like, like right from the very beginning. I, th- I think that's pretty cool that you had that, the balls to do something like that. You know, <laughs> like, oh, I, I want to be an educator, I want to be an educator, but they don't really, I mean, they never have the balls to do anything. And, and you didn't really know what was right or wrong. You just did it and, and you became successful at it. I think that's pretty cool. Thank you, man. I think that's where a lot of people fail too is, you know, like they, everybody wants something to happen like tomorrow. And this took me years of messing up to get right. Um, 
And I get that question all the time, like, how, how can I get to where you're doing your stuff right now? And honestly, it was three to four years of going to hair shows and building connections and relationships and friendships mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. And then just asking for it, just, just putting it out there that you want to do it. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up is they, they never tell people what they want. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You have, you have to share. If you don't, if you want something, you got to tell somebody you want it. It's the only way to do it. That's awesome. I'm curious. So like your first class that you put together, what was your format? Like, what were you teaching? <laughs> like, well, you know, it's like my first class, I just doing this. How did it, what happened? It, actually, it's funny and it's not funny because so that, at that point, that's when Instagram was easy. We all knew how to work it. We knew how to manipulate Instagram to like build followings fast because it was, uh, it didn't have like this crazy algorithm it does now. So um don was teaching how to build your social media and how to basically bring in extra clientele um at that time i was perfecting balayage i was trying to get better at balayage and i felt like i had learned some cool new things so i was like you know what i'll do balayage and my first class right before that i had actually gotten into a motorcycle wreck and i broke my wrist so my very first class, I actually had to teach with a cast on and I was using my cast as a paddle to paint, to paint on. <laughs> nice. So that was a interesting first class. I think I still have, I had pictures of it still. You know, I think that that's super cool. Like, like, uh, you know, I always hear about people that like get sick or, or, you know, I mean, you know, colds or flu or on your period and you just can't do a <laughs> class you know where the fact that you showed up with a broken arm and you just got to do the class i mean there, there I, I feel like there's a difference between people who really want it and people who are going to get it and i think that the people that are really going to get it are the ones that like you just show up and you do your fucking class like oh i have no mannequin heads for this class i guess i can't do it no you go and and you know find one mannequin head we're three classes, you make the class work, yeah. you know, and I, I think that's pretty awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's a, it was a, it was a huge learning. Every, I feel like every class is a learning experience for me, and I feel like I, I grow and get stronger from each one. But I, um, I always seek out coaching from the people that have been around longer, so mm-hmm. that way um, they can kind of even like people like Jen. I'm like, I'll go up after we've done a class or a show, and then I know they've been sitting there watching. I'll be like, hey um tell me what you loved about it what you didn't love about it what could i improve on sometimes mm-hmm. they're like you did great or sometimes they'd be like well you said this or your body was turned this way or just mm-hmm. something but i'm always trying to seek out like criticism to better myself yeah that's cool that's cool because a lot of people like especially like coming up in the industry trying to become you know educators or grow or or, or grow that path of being an educator don't really want to hear that constructive criticism because you know i mean they're they're afraid of what pronoun you're calling them much less you know any sort of like you know criticism oh don't make me feel bad you know so it's cool that you're actually looking for that and you can digest it and be like okay you know so and so is a piece of shit i don't i don't really like that criticism or i like that criticism i'm gonna go ahead and 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 you know, work that into my own, into my own thing. And I, I think that takes a lot of maturity. And I don't think that everybody, I, I think it's maturity, but not necessarily something that you're born with. I think that's probably something a little bit more of what, you know, that's more of what I would call a talent as opposed to a skill is that you'd be able to take that criticism and digest it for yourself. 
Yeah, and I think there's little things that have helped me along the way. Like, um, I've always been into competitive sports when I was younger and stuff like that. So I think always working with someone like a coach that's trying to help you get better and stuff like that. I've just I've always been open to criticism and like coaching from other people to because I want to be the best that I can. And uh, you know, everyone pays a lot of money to go to these classes and stuff. And I feel like um, I feel like you need to deliver for them because I feel like a lot of people don't. And you see a lot of people that are going to these classes that feel almost kind of cheated. And so I, I right. take a lot of pride in that, that when I do one of these, I make sure it's perfect for them. And I try to stay in contact and I won't leave, like leave until every little thing's answered for them. Sure. Sure. That's awesome. So do you have a, still have a salon in Houston then? Or I work at a suite. Yeah. I work at a salon suite. Um, my friends, I have some really cool friends. Um, their names are Heather and Steven. And they own a chain of salons called Blue Line Studios. Okay. Uh, I believe they have 15 salons, and they're they're a young couple, and it's amazing like what they've done, and they've kind of allowed me to come into their home and given me a place. It's like 10 minutes from my house, so oh, nice. they gave me a spot up front so I could film videos for all my content that I've been creating for Instagram. That's cool. That's awesome. I yeah. dig Houston. I dig Houston in general. I'm out there quite a bit this year, and I, I love Houston. I still want to get together with you at some point and maybe go have dinner or drinks or both. No, both of them. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed you. I was feeling like crap that day. No, I totally, I totally get that. I totally get that. I hung out with David Lowry that that weekend. Oh, uh, I love David. Me and um, me and David started. We went to school together, um, hair school together, and we started our first salon together. Really? Or I worked in the first salon with him. He's an amazing haircutter. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Do you know David, Stephen? I don't. Uh, he works for Paul Mitchell now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like he's like a big wig for Paul Mitchell. Which uh, so Stephen and I both worked at Paul Mitchell for for quite some time. Yeah, um, uh, I left. Like I left like like a month before DJ Muldoon came on. I'm like, who the hell is this DJ Muldoon guy? Um, <laughs> I got to work with him. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah they're with Paul Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. It's cool that you know, like roomies with um, Mitchell Cantrell too. Like, that was I, so yeah. crazy. <laughs> I think I met him when he was in beauty school. Still, I did. I did. Yeah. I, did. yeah. My, um, I know you guys uh, know Chad Clark. Um, yeah. He's he's the one that connected me to Cantrell. Um, I I don't. I random. I just randomly always talk to Chad when he makes his reappearances. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where did he go chad if you're uh, out there listening where the fuck did he go man <laughs> i love chad so much he's so I, he's so talented um yeah. but he's the one that got me and Cantrell connected and then through Cantrell is where i met carlos and through there i met brock who was with ergo and yeah. all those guys so yeah. it was, it's a really cool little friendship family i have with them but we should put a search party out for chad uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's around then he's gone then he's around then he's gone <laughs> yeah. and then he comes out and starts threatening people like randomly and you're like first of all who are you threatening and what are you trying to say chad i even texted <laughs> him like, what are you saying i know i, mean, I need to call him. somebody i'll call him out specifically yeah i need him back he was uh he's a great to be on stage with he's a, he got a good voice i just uh who knows it might be a more, more work for multiple companies as well. Um, one thing that happens uh, that I, I notice with a lot of 
you know, people that are coming up the ranks as educators is they go and work for like one company and they end up working them for like 10, 15 years and they get burned out and they don't do anything. My whole thought is that you climb that ladder, you get to the top of that ladder, you jump off that ladder, you find a new ladder and climb that one. Because what that does is every time you climb a new ladder, all of a sudden it starts becoming more your brand and not them. So like, you know, when and if you ever leave Tony and Guy, the next one you go, you're going to be a little bit more, you know, Wes. And then you jump to the next one. And then, and then eventually people are going to ask you just to come on. You don't even have to climb that ladder. I think that's one of the best learning experiences ever is getting to the top and then quitting. Yeah, you know, that's kind of, um, that's funny because that's what happened to me when I was with Paul Bryant. Yeah. Um, I love being with them. They were such a cool company. But I got to the point where, I was an international educator with them. So I, I was teaching in Russia and everywhere, like all over the world. Um, I got to a point where I was looking around and I was just like, you know, I, I don't really understand. I don't really see where my next part of my growth is going to be with them. And it, that's when TG had reached out and it was scary because I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. And, it was only kind of in the talks because um, uh, I partnered with Behind the Chair and they were the first ones that kind of brought it to my attention um, about TG and so those things where I just. You cut out that last couple little bit. Can you repeat that last little bit you cut out? Um, basically, I was just saying like I didn't, when I did quit Pulp Riot, I didn't really see where I could grow from there. Even though the company itself is growing, I didn't see where my place was going to be. I just couldn't picture right. it. So I just kind of took the leap of faith with behind the chair and I quit. Um, so for a year, I wasn't with any company except for Brazilian Bond Builder. And, and they helped me out a lot because they, they let me keep doing the hair shows and um, were letting me travel with them until I got settled with TG. Oh, cool. Cool. Very, very cool. What do yeah. you do with Behind the Chair, then? Um, right now, I just do, like, a lot of Facebook Lives with them, with TG. Um, they kind of, they help me kind of keep my life a little more organized. So anything I deal with with, like, contracts, because it's not something I really understand very well, they'll sit with me and show me my best options and kind of basically open doors for me with people that I wouldn't necessarily be able to get in connections with, like talking to people like Anthony Moscolo and right. getting part of TG and all that. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to do that on my own. Um, but it's in, they can still only just open that door for me. So it's still, it's still to me for, for me to impress them and to make them feel like I could be a part of their family. Oh, that's awesome. But they so, basically just opened the doors for us. That's cool. So, how long have you been doing here? Like, like as a total, because I really couldn't like, like figure it out you know, in your story. How long have you been doing here? I just hit 11 years. Oh, so nice. On my birthday in September. No, this will be 11 years. Yeah. So on my birthday, 11 years. Okay. So what would, what sort of advice would you give somebody now? Because you are a seasoned hairdresser. Because I believe that you're never really seasoned until at least seven years into it. What sort of advice would you give yourself if you're starting right now? What would you give yourself, you know, that, that maybe you wouldn't have been able to take back then? Um, that's crazy because it's such a different time from seven years ago, like the way technology shifted. Um, the biggest thing is patience. You know, like 
I still get impatient. Like I still always want more and I have to sit back and like tell myself, like, just be patient, like reevaluate where I am now or I was this time last year. Um, um, one thing I probably would do a little different was be a little more aggressive with asking for what I wanted when I first started. Right. And but, knowing, yeah. knowing maybe what you want as opposed to, you know, I want to do, because one thing that I've noticed is, is people are always asking me, well, I want to, I want to do what you do. I'm like, okay, so what's that? And they're like, well, you know, I want to do like celebrity hair. I want to do like, you know, photo shoots and fashion shows and teach. I'm like, well, you just told me three, th four things. And I really only want to do one. You know, <laughs> I mean, so, so it's like, what, what do you want? And I'm, I'm on this whole personal kick of like, you know, really like, 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 like knowing what you want, like all about self-discovery. Like, I've been mean, like, I'm way into this whole self-discovery thing right now. Um, but I kind of feel like if I was ever asked, like, like what I would tell myself now is, is first of all, know what the hell you want to do and then ask for it. Yep. You know, because, yeah. you know, and, and know specifically, the. I mean, uh, we were talking with uh, Andrew Does Hair a couple of weeks ago about, you know, if I only had more Instagram followers, I could be, I could be an influencer. Only if I had, you know, more Instagram followers, I could start teaching classes. And he always says, well, how many Instagram followers do you need to teach classes? I, I mean, like, like, how many exactly, what's that number? Give, give that number and I'll tell you how to get it. But it's it's not the end. Two more. I just need two more followers. I'm good. But it's, <laughs> and you know that's not true. Is that is that you know the followers really don't give you shit. You know the the awards don't give you shit. It's it's the hustle that's behind the followers. It's the hustle that's behind the award. It's the hustle that's behind this or that. And that that's what gives you that's a, that's what, how you become more successful. I think. Yeah. No. It definitely is because. You know, and that's what people always say to you, like, they, everybody wants to teach. You know, everybody wants to make a quick dollar. They think if they teach, they're going to be rich. <laughs> it's like, you can have, like, you know, I have, like, 190,000 followers, and I'm, you know, like, I'm going to go teach in a, let's just say, like, a random city, like, you know, like, Tennessee or whatever. Say Tennessee. Um, I could go there, but if you look at my Instagram, I have zero following of anyone in there, so... It doesn't matter that I have X amount of followers because I have zero over there. So what's going to make me successful in teaching a class in a different city or a different state is having good communication with the salon and getting them to help me promote the class and reaching out to hair schools out there and stuff like that. So there's a lot of work that goes behind that people just, they think you can just put a flyer up and then everyone's going to come see you. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work. Even if you have Instagram and you're using Instagram and Facebook and you put that flyer up there, no one's no one's actually going to come and see you unless you actually do the hustle behind it, like Ryan was saying. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, like... The amount of followers of all of you guys <laughs> every weekend, you know? It's like, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. Yeah. Of what you're doing. Yeah, I still do the old school, like... Uh, annoying club promoting type of thing where they call and text all their friends so when i put a flyer each time i put up a flyer they'll you tag like 20 people so i go through whatever city i'm doing and i'll tag 20 hairdressers in it and they'll be like why am i tagged in this but you know every now and then i might get someone that'd be like oh that looks cool i'll go to that class and then right I'll do it again in a couple of days and tag 20 new hairdressers and even one new one even one yeah. new one that shows up you know that's that's the beginning of your fan base in that territory Yep. Yeah, exactly. 
and, and that's 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 what I also love about social media so much. I mean, like like uh, probably about two years ago, I really used to like like shit all over like like social media and, and and Instagram and all that kind of stuff, and you know all the the insta famous people and on blah 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 blah. As of recently, I've actually been like realizing, no, you know, it's it's a great marketing tool, and and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't do Instagram. Oh, so you just don't need any more followers. You don't need any more. Really, it's it's friends, and it's this whole. You know, like I've noticed that things are going from from like a macro world of, of Instagram where everybody had these like huge followings, like, you know, 566,000 and blah, 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 blah. But you're really only focusing now on like 100. You know, like you may have a large following, but now everybody's like focusing on just those small. And maybe it's the Instagram algorithms or any of that kind of stuff. But I've noticed that like, like again, uh, uh, Andrew and I, we were talking about this, you know, the, the macro versus the micro and the micro you know the, the the micro of instagram or social media in general is where it's all at and i, and I feel like smaller communities within your giant community is where it's at yeah it's yeah, also it's true. yeah yeah no it's true um i actually am a part of like a couple different pods of groups of like teams and stuff and like we help each other with our in our engagement and you know from like the haircutting team i'm with to tg like there's all these little communities that are better inside of all that. Like with all those, that X amount of following that we have, it's like, um, it's hard. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore with Instagram. Like I'm just, I'm crossing, I'm posting something. I cross my fingers. And <laughs> I'll send like a text. Like we'll put a link. Hey guys, we posted, we'll go help each other out because at this point I don't, I don't really know what people want to see anymore. So I'm just, I'm just crossing my fingers. What do you think people want to see? I mean, I mean, yeah, I know you say that you don't know, but I, I mean, I've been just throwing as much shit up against the wall and seeing what people are liking. Like, but what, what, what do you, what do you think people are wanting to see? I think right now people want to be kind of in touch with people's real lives and their personalities. So that's why I've been a lot more active on my stories right now. I'm trying to give people a sense of what it's like to almost like if they were to just like hang out with you for the day. So I've been upping my stories. It's been a little difficult, but I've been trying to be more talkative and more personal on my stories. And I think people just, they want to see that we're actual humans and stuff like that. So um, I think that's where Instagram is going a little more towards is people are being way more active on stories than feeds. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, most people's feeds are, they're really, really fucking boring. Oh my God. <laughs> if I uh, scroll through and see the same balayage yeah. over and over and over, it's like the I back of somebody's head waved. <laughs> exactly. With like his hand doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know how to do that. I tried it and I always. Went to <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do this. <laughs> oh. I think IGTV is it though. I, I, I actually personally right now I'm so in love with IGTV. Like that is like to me that's that like that's gonna kill YouTube. You know, you, you go I to YouTube. Like that. For, yeah, you go to YouTube for to learn how to like like change your faucet in your bathroom, but you find IGTVs, that's so much more fun than than anything else that's on Instagram right now. It's interesting. I've I've only done four posts on IGTV, but I've already I've gotten better response from that than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like, way more followers, way more hits, way just everything like seems to happen on there, and it's either that or else my pictures of like me out hiking. Exactly. <laughs> hair is like, eh. 
Yeah, so I love Instagram TV. Um, I'm still tweaking with it and playing around with it, um, but I know pretty soon it's the next thing I'm going to start working on uh, more towards is building uh, more with Instagram TV. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so we're down to the last eight minutes. We are. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to ask the one question that has to be asked in every one of our podcasts. Um, last five bands on earth. Like you can't live with any other band whatsoever musically because we're right. both big music heads. If you were stuck and you couldn't listen to any other band ever again, what would those five bands be? All right. So it's going to be a mix of bands. Actually, I'll do this. All right. So Rancid, The Clash, okay. NWA, NWA, Biggie, and The Beatles. The Beatles? So. <laughs> <laughs> There's my one random like, guilty pleasure since I've been – um, it's like a family connection I've always had with my dad since we were little. So oh, me and my okay. sister always grew up listening and singing, uh, singing the Beatles. So I think the, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. For, I'll give you two for the emotional part. Okay, but like as uh, actually technical, <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'm gonna start grading them from now on. Thumbs up. Kidding. Saw them a couple years ago. They're awesome. Who? NWA. NWA. Uh, that that would have been good a couple of years ago. It would have been five, six years ago. I saw Rancid. I saw Rancid about the era of like Let's Go era, and uh, and then I also saw uh, Op Ivy a couple of times as well. That would have been awesome. They're definitely one of my favorites. Uh, Cause I always grew up in um, listening to like punk rock and um, a lot of hip hop. No one in my family is big into hip hop, but I felt like getting into punk rock, hip hop was, you know, there. I felt like they're both connected to each other oh, so very much. yeah very much very but much i remember that actually the first time i ever noticed you on facebook by the way um you had that killer freaking leather jacket that i want um, oh yeah <laughs> that thing is insane, um, it is I, insane. Have, that's cool. I have another one that's getting shipped to me on monday that i'm wearing to the behind the chair awards show i got a denim blazer made oh yeah and who made it for it you um, there's a guy online, it's called For The Fly Customs, and it's this dude out of, um, I think he's in the United Kingdom, and I saw his, like, uh, he had liked one of my pictures one day, and I was like, oh, that's a cool looking, like, picture for his profile, so I clicked on it, and I saw all these, like, really cool, like, jackets he was making, and I was like, hey, I was like, could you make me, like, a cool, like, uh, punk rock jacket with, like, rancid and all this other stuff, and he was like, yeah, he's like, we'll see what we can do, and I sat with him, helped him, like, with some of the design work, and then he custom made everything for me. So he does some um, insane work and he's only been doing it for like seven months, I think. That'd be cool. Send me his link. Yeah. Oh, cool. Awesome. He would yeah. be a fun person for you guys to talk to too. Cause he's a startup business and like, it's been insane how he's used social media, like to, he like just quit his job and now all he's doing is making like these badass like jackets for people. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, we should probably sign off because we got about five minutes left. Uh, Wes, how do people get a hold of you um, if if they want to get a hold of you via uh, any of your your different like like ways to get a hold of you? The easiest way is just through Instagram on Wes does hair. Um, I I try to make it a point to go through all my my direct messages and go look and check people's stuff. So um, I'm on there looking. So if anyone ever wants to send me a message, it's probably the easiest way. Okay, cool, cool, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, pal. It was great talking to you. Uh, you guys, next time they come out to, uh, I want to come out to Houston. I want to hang out. 
I'll be there, man. Um, I'll be ready to have a beer, maybe some whiskey. And some yeah. Whiskey. <laughs> you also should come out to Louisville as well, because I know that Roy J and I were talking about bringing you out. Yeah, I would love to come hang out to you guys out there. I'm, I'm always down. Just for laughs, not even teach anything. Just come out and just hang out. Yeah, no, nothing hair related. I just want to get drunk. Out when you do. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, man. Somebody's going to lose a tooth. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> like Ricky. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> Love you guys. Talk to you later. Take later. Care. All right. Bye.